Hello, this is Jude from Newslaundry.com, bringing you your daily dose of news. Today is Tuesday, the 15th of November. Eight labourers have lost their lives after a stone quarry collapsed yesterday in Mizoram's Nathial district. Four labourers are feared trapped, NDTV reported. According to sources, the workers at the private firm ABCI Infrastructure of Private Limited at Modhar Nathial district had just returned from their lunch break when the stone quarry caved in. Around 13 persons were present inside the quarry when it collapsed and one person managed to escape, PTI reported. The quarry has been operational for two and a half years. Volunteers from Leite village and Nathial town immediately reached the spot for a rescue operation as well as the State Disaster Response Force, Border Security Force and Assam Rifles. In a statement, the National Disaster Response Force said that the identification of the dead bodies will be done after post-mortem examination. The search operation will continue till all missing people are found. Dear listeners, please consider this a trigger warning, as the following news story may contain detailed descriptions of murder. Today, the Delhi police took the 28-year-old accused of killing his live-in partner to the forest areas of South Delhi's Chhatarpur, where he had allegedly dumped her body parts, PTI reported. Aftab Amin Poonawala was arrested on Saturday, 12th of November, for killing his live-in partner, 27-year-old Shraddha Valkar, on May 18th in Meroli, and chopping the body into 35 pieces before dumping them in the forest over a period of 18 days. Aftab Poonawala, during the investigation, confessed that he killed his partner Shraddha Valkar after a quarrel over marriage, and that the idea of chopping her body into 35 pieces was inspired by an American crime TV series, Dexter. He bought a fridge to preserve the body parts and used to step out past midnight to dispose of them. The police said that the accused had very carefully planned which body parts to dispose of first depending upon when they began decomposing. According to police officials, 13 body parts were found after Poonawala pinpointed the areas where he had thrown them. But only after their forensic examination can it be confirmed if they belong to the victim. They are yet to find the murder weapon. The investigation is still on. After Twitter and Meta layoffs, it is now Amazon that plans to sack about 10,000 people in corporate and technology jobs starting this week, the New York Times reported. This would be the largest job cuts in the company's history if 10,000 people are laid off. Citing anonymous sources, New York Times reported that the job cuts will target the devices group, including the one responsible for the Alexa voice assistant, along with the retail division and human resources. After a month-long review, Amazon cautioned employees in some unprofitable units to look for other opportunities within the company, the Wall Street Journal reported. The report comes just weeks after the e-commerce giant warned of the slowdown in growth for the busy holiday season, a period when it used to generate the highest sales. Amazon said this was because consumers and businesses have less money to spend due to rising prices. The reason for downsizing the Alexa division is because the devices have yet to become must-have gadgets and often end up in consumers' closets. After Amazon experienced its most profitable era on record, during the coronavirus pandemic years, the New York Times report said, and I quote, Amazon's growth slowed to the lowest rate in two decades, as the bullwhip of the pandemic snapped, unquote. Last week, Twitter cut roughly 50% of its workforce following its sale to Elon Musk. Facebook's parent company, Meta, also fired 11,000 employees. Two months after RSS mouthpiece, organizer, accused Amazon of running fronts whose founders defamed India and the center, it has now alleged 
that the e-commerce giant is funding religious conversions in the Northeast, according to the Indian Express. Amazon has denied all allegations. However, the National Commission for Protection of Child Rights is probing the matter, according to the report. In its latest issue, the organizer accused Amazon of funding the American Baptist Church, whose frontal organization, All India Mission, has openly claimed on their website that they have converted 25,000 people to Christianity in Northeast India. When contacted by the Indian Express, an Amazon spokesperson said that Amazon India does not have any relationship with All India Mission or its affiliates, nor does the Amazon Smile program operate on the Amazon India marketplace. The organizer also claimed that the NCPCR took cognizance of the issue after its September report which alleged that the All India Mission had two fronts in Jharkhand and that its founders were running campaigns to defame India and the centre. This is not the first time the company has been targeted by the Sangh Parivar Mouthpiece Organisation. In September 2021, Panjanya published a cover story equating Amazon with the East India Company for alleged corrupt practices and accusing it of involvement in funding Christian organisations. In December 2021, Swadeshi Jagran Manch passed a resolution demanding that all permissions granted to e-commerce firms like Amazon and Flipkart to operate in India be withdrawn. The Munch claimed that discounts offered by these firms are adversely impacting the neighbourhood shops and Kirana stores. Talking about RSS, dear listeners, we have a podcast series just for you. Let's talk about RSS. It's a three-part deep dive into the rise of Hindutva organisation as a formidable socio-cultural and political force. This is hosted by News Laundry's Abhinandan Sekri and Shardul Katyayan. Tune in to the podcast and other stuff that we do. We are able to bring you podcasts, ground reports, interviews, videos and lot more because of you dear listeners who subscribe to us and pay to keep news free. We don't depend on governments, corporations or advertisers to fund us as we are an independent platform that believes when the public pays, the public is served. Please join the News Laundry community by clicking the subscribe button on the top right corner of the website. A Delhi court today granted bail to actor Jacqueline Fernandez in a 200 crore rupees money laundering case involving conman Sukesh Chandra Shekhar, Indian Express reported. Shilendar Malik, the additional sessions judge, granted bail to the actor on a personal bond of rupees 50,000 and one surety. Fernandez has been accused of enjoying the proceeds of a crime in which conman Sukesh Chandra Shekhar had allegedly extorted rupees 200 crore from Aditi Singh, the wife of former Fortis healthcare promoter Shivinder Singh. Senior advocate Siddharth Agarwal, who appeared on behalf of Fernandez, said that the allegations about her fleeing the country and tampering with witnesses weren't justified since she had cooperated with the investigation. The ED's earlier charge sheet and a supplementary charge sheet did not mention her as an accused. The documents, however, had mentioned details of the statements recorded by Fernandez and fellow actor Nora Fatehi, reported Indian Express. Shailesh N. Pathak, special public prosecutor who appeared for the ED, opposed her bail, stating that the agency was investigating the money laundering case and may attach more properties. According to the United Nations World Population Prospects 2022 report, the global population will reach the 8 billion mark today, with India overtaking China as the world's most populous nation in 2023. The UN said that while it took 12 years for the global population to go from 7 to 8 billion, it will take around 15 years until the year 2037 for it to reach 9 billion. Commenting on the rise, UN Secretary-General Antonio Guterres said in a quote, The milestone of 8 billion is an occasion to celebrate diversity and advancements while considering humanity's shared responsibility for the planet. Unquote. 
According to the report, over half of the rise in global population till 2050 would come from eight countries: India, Pakistan, the Democratic Republic of Congo, Egypt, Ethiopia, Nigeria, the Philippines, and the United Republic of Tanzania. At the G20 summit today, Prime Minister Narendra Modi in his address reiterated his call for a return to the path of ceasefire and diplomacy in Ukraine. Addressing the first working session of the G20 summit in Bali that focused on food and energy security, Modi said in a quote, "I have repeatedly said that we have to find a way to return to the path of ceasefire and diplomacy in Ukraine. The need of the hour is to show concrete and collective resolve to ensure peace, harmony and security in the world." Unquote. PM Modi also spoke of the challenges presented by climate change, the COVID pandemic and the importance of India being energy secure. The G20 leaders have gathered for a two-day meeting in the Indonesian resort of Bali amid deep divisions over Russia's invasion of Ukraine. Leaders such as US President Joe Biden and British Prime Minister Rishi Sunak have said they will use the summit to denounce Russia's actions and to strengthen international support to oppose the war. After the meeting in Indonesia, India will take over the group of 20 presidency for one year. That's all the news we have for you today. Have a good day or a good night, depending on where you're listening from. See you tomorrow. All the news laundry podcasts are available on Stitcher, iTunes, and any other podcast platform. Please subscribe to News Laundry. Help us keep news independent. To catch all our podcasts on news, pop culture, current affairs, and sport, visit newslaundry.com. Follow us on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram, and subscribe to our YouTube channel.